Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week, folks, this week, our guest is Tina McCurdy. We came to learn of Tina through the work that she does throughout New England, New England Illustration and Design, NEID Art on Instagram, neillustrationdesign.com. She's done work for Hull Brewing, Phantom, Eli Cannons, and much, much more. It's a great episode. Tina is a really positive person. She has a great story. You know, telling how she, you know, went to medical school to be a medical illustrator. You know, her work, uh, you know, working in pharma and big business and deciding to do it on her own, her process. Yeah, I'm not going to give it all away to you, but it's just a really good episode and I hope that you'll, you know, enjoy. It's been a bit since we've been here. We made a choice last week to uh, take the week off um, and it wasn't anything... um, other than we felt that given uh, what was going on in the world and what continues to go on in the world, that it was more an opportunity to listen to what's going on and not listen to me and listen to what we're doing here. You know, we do feel that art makes the world a better place and there's just been some horrific things that have made the world a little darker and make things a little sadder, Uh, you know, as... We mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, and you know we'll continue to do, and we'll continue to draw attention to it. You know the death and murder uh, of George Floyd, also you know Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and numerous others members of the Black community. We have our platform here. We're building a community through art. We do believe that it impacts change. You know I, I think that you know the. The murals and, and the positive uh, outpouring of you know, love and support uh, that we've seen, you know, the, the diversity of the of the protesters, um, not rioters, not looters, not animals, none of that bullshit. You know, like words matter, and how you describe, you know, our fellow our fellow citizens is important. Has been great, but it doesn't change, you know, the unfortunate reality that that does occur in this country. And does occur, you know, all over the world. Racism is real. Racism is alive. You may say to yourself that you're not racist. That doesn't really matter. You know, there's a difference between not being racist and being anti-racist. And being an anti-racist is more important. You know, you have to use your platform. You have to use your voice. You have to use your your power to to impact change. And that's what we're hoping that we can do here. We've, you know, we've been committed to social justice. You know well before we started this podcast and we will continue to do so and it's just uh yeah what we try to do here is is give you know give your know, shed light and, and share stories of people from all over the world and one of the common things that we do is we find the good in people and we find their stories to, to share their process how they how they you know bring things to life beer is wonderful it's you know it, it doesn't 
define us. It doesn't, you know, it isn't really the, the main reason we do this. We do this because of the people. and we, we use the beer, you know, connection as a way to find new artists and find new designers and find new creative people and, and, and share their story. And sadly, there's there's many folks that were, you know, even since our last episode that, you know, their lives have, you know, have been taken too soon. And that doesn't, um, it doesn't really sit well with us. So uh, we're not a political podcast, but that also doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, be silent. You know, we have to speak for those who can't, you know, speak, you know, um, for, you know, we have to speak for those who can't speak for themselves anymore. You know, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Now, as you may have seen, um, we, in the last uh, week, we announced uh, a special uh, fundraiser uh, glass that we created uh, in conjunction with our good friend, Ryan Adams. You may know him from the work he's done with, you know, Good Fire Brewing, Better Letter Hand Designs. Uh, His uh, Instagram is Ryan writes on things, and he has unique uh, geometric graffiti style. We're really proud that we introduced Ryan to the team over at 12%, who you know also then introduced him to the, the crew over at Short Throw. He's been just killing it with their labels and the work he's done there. So we originally moons ago had you know knew we wanted to do something together. We probably were going to have Ryan do something, you know, maybe the Art of Craft Beer, write that in his style, or maybe the 60-ounce canvas in a cool way. But although it was going on with COVID, you know, the importance of him being from Maine, Maine, how important it is to us, we decided to do something for uh, High Roller Lobster Company, Standard Gastropub, and Navari Res uh, Beer Cafe in Maine. Uh, we were going to give all the proceeds uh, divided by three to, to those uh, three uh you know, restaurants and their staff because of the, you know, the restrictions and limitations and how that was going to impact them. All with all that was going on, uh, we felt that it would be, you know, tone deaf and irresponsible to, to not make, a, you know, also to, you know, to using this effort and using our platform to, you know, make a difference. And so we increased the run of the glasses, uh, 25% of the glasses goes towards the uh, NAACP LDF, the Legal Defense Fund, and we felt that that was, uh, you know, a, a good uh, way to, to help those who are, you know, fighting for injustice, those who are uh, incarcerated uh, and, you know, just don't have the financial means to, you know, get out of jail, have, you know, lawyers, you know, help with bail and, you know, things that are really important. Um, Again, we're just using this you know, platform. Uh, if you would like to buy a glass, we would love that. 100% of the proceeds go to these individuals. And we, we, you know, we have a limited run. I think we got about 125 glasses. You know, the pre-sale has been great. We're hoping to, to sell out. If we sell out, then, you know, we've talked to Ryan about doing, you know, either a variation or doing another run of the glasses or maybe doing a print. But if you can, you know, you know, please, the glasses are $20, you know, we, and we'll ship them to you, uh, shipping separate. But, you know, just um, we would love that. And, you know, it's a, I think it's just a great mantra. It's something that I try to live by, be a good human. And, yeah, I don't know. Some of this sometimes, you know, I, as you've, if you've listened before, I'm a man with uh, who can ramble on and, and talk for hours. 
but sometimes it just um, like we've been trying to do is just to to sit there and listen, have empathy, have understanding, and you know, you know be an ally. You know, be uncomfortable, be unsure, don't have the answers. You know, but you know, realize that we need you know we need to do better we need to be better as people and that you know if we truly want to you know make the world a better place you know that place has to be a place of equality and justice for all all see so again black lives matter we honor we do our part to remember those who have been taken from us and we just, you know, the story lives on. You know, it'll be immortalized in, in this episode and, you know, future episodes when we talk about it, you know. And that it is what it is. We're just doing our part. And, again, this is episode 153, Tina McCurdy, New England Illustration Design. Great episode. Positive. So much in common. You know, other than the fact that I've only been to Ireland twice and she's been, you know, few dozen times it's just you know her, her creative process there's just uh so many positive things to take away from this and you know we hope you enjoy this one as much as we did so without further ado it is my privilege to introduce you to tina mccurdy right here right now on the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer podcast hello and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer podcast very excited to have us today checking in from East Haddam, Connecticut, Tina McCurdy. We came to lean of, uh, we came to learn of Tina through the numerous breweries and bars and just kind of art that she's creating all over the state of Connecticut. One of our favorites and you know the crew over at the Beerix is Holes. She's done some work from that, but if you've been you know if you've been to Eli Cannons, which is one of my favorite spots to go to previously, you'll see her work there. She's recently uh, you know done a mural which. You hopefully get to check out sooner than later at Phantom Brewing Company, which is opening soon, and just really, uh, really active in the art scene here in Connecticut, doing some really cool stuff. You can follow along with her work on Instagram, N E I D Art. So it's New England Illustration Design Art, if you, and then her website is N E Illustration Design dot com. What's cracking, Tina? How are we doing today? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited and uh, huge respect to everyone you've uh, interviewed and all the fellow creatives. Uh, nice to meet you, AJ. This is pretty psych. Um, I don't know. Hopefully I don't spaz out, but uh, no, it's really honored to talk with you and and uh, have you learn more about what I do and how I process stuff. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I really appreciate all the kind words. And as I tell all of our guests, it's, uh, yeah, we'll talk about beer because that's where your strokes and your you know, your paint goes down a lot of cool stuff, but it's really just an opportunity for us to, to learn a little bit more about you. And uh, I'm a big fan of your work, especially I like all the, the animals and the farm and how you use the different types of uh, woods and structures to kind of really, like, I mean, I'd love to hear all about that, so we'll get into that. But it's just, like I said, from Eli Cannons to, you know, the barracks and the crew at Holes, and just uh, it's it's awesome to see, you know, all the cool stuff that you're doing. Thank you very, very much. So... As I said, I have a drink. It's you know, it's uh, quarantine city over here, and just really, this is the opportunity where I just kick back. So this is where you have to awkwardly talk about yourself for a little while, but kind of uh, take us back. You know, let's kick back and learn a little more about Tina. Uh, what's your kind of story? How did you find your, your your love? You know, I think there's a lot of nature in your art, so I would just love to kind of 
Tina McCurdy, this is your life. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No I'm pressure. Sit back on the uh, therapist couch and tell you all about myself. All right. Well, my rates uh, are much. My I... rates are much cheaper. I promise you. <laughs> Let the world hear it all. All right. Well, uh, I can honestly say, since before I could even probably walk, I was building in scribbling and this, that, and the other. So. Uh, the art is in my blood from uh, maternal and paternal side of the family, and uh, just passion. And my parents did throw me into drawing classes that were way above uh, age group, but knew that I wanted some sort of instruction through being a little kid and explored that. Um, and that's honestly not a memory I have in my head, but from conversations I'd have with family members saying, do you remember when, you know, or they still have something hanging on their wall. And, uh, you know, all through childhood, just drawing and picking at stuff and building stuff. And I have a very creative uh, maternal side of the family where everyone's sign painters and um, builders and, you know, cooks and everyone's creative. So I was surrounded by it. I went to grandma's house. It didn't smell like cookies. It smelled like turpentine and oil paints. So it was a real unique um, growing up. So that was pretty cool. And uh, then it was come time and to uh, figure out what I wanted to do in life. And I honestly think at age 18, I don't know if very many people nowadays know what they want to do for 40 years of their lives. So um, I didn't know what to do, but knew I loved science and possibly veterinary. So I would was sort of, a, I don't know, told to kind of look towards medical illustration. You know, you go to the doctor and there's an ear drawn on the wall and the eye or some skeletal structure and I said I could do that so I ended up uh, you know you apply to Johns Hopkins and uh, uh, Rochester Institute and all those schools and Cornell and all that I ended up at uh, Rhode Island School of Design RISD out of Providence and that was probably the best thing in my entire life that school and that atmosphere that time of my life it was amazing I learned a ton yeah business of art, learned the science pledge too soon to get a dual degree, but now I've actually heard that RISD and Brown do that, so that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, right after that, I went into the business of, of art, but not in the way that I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> so you, like, so to, to be in, to do the art and the, the anatomy type stuff, it, it's recommended that you go to some sort of, like, medical school? Is that, is that right? Is that how Absolutely, they... yeah. Uh, from what I recall, uh, you becoming a medical illustrator, of course, back when I went, it was different. It was hand-drawn. No, you know, you don't do computers. It was all traditional, um, you know, studying cadavers. And yeah, that's what I was going to say, cadavers. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, yeah. And um, well, I love it. It's so fascinating. <laughs> the human body is amazing. Um, so I uh, I know that you study, you study basically as much as, um, like postgraduate too, um, in the medical field, you just, you honestly just don't go on to become a doctor. There's obviously steps that you don't take, but you study along with anyone that's becoming a med student in the undergraduate because you want, you can't be, you know, I would attend surgeries, um, as a intern at, um, women and infants in Providence and, um, I remember being invited into an experimental surgery and you have to know your anatomy. You have to know what the doctor is actually going through. So when you draw that for his paper, he's going to publish, you're not drawing something in the wrong place 
<laughs> that doesn't work. And, so, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never thought that. Like, I guess I should have just thought, figured that out, but I just never thought, like, oh. So that's kind of interesting, like, to be in the class and figure people are trying to figure out how they're going to do the surgery, and you're just figuring out how, like, once they cut the person open, you're going to be able to properly document yeah. it. Like, yeah, like, all right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 wild. You know, you, you thank who the people that uh, allow your, you know, you to be able to experience that firsthand. And, uh, but you, you learn a lot. I mean, it's, this is bringing up a lot. I mean, it's been years since I've been able to do medical illustration mm-hmm. in the sense where, you know, it's not, I'm obviously in the, you know, more, a totally different, but yet uh, the, that knowledge is still within me. But just talking about it is, is kind of wild because it's bringing up this like emotion and passion that I l- absolutely love it. I respect it. It's on, you know, kind of bringing relation to what's going on right now. Like if we didn't have these people who studied this and uh, maybe now because the stuff's in computer programs, if someone didn't know how to put that into the computer program so this 3D model could be shown to a doctor, we may not be able to, you know, resolve certain situations, whether it's a, a gross anatomy or a, you know, um, microscopic anatomy kind of a thing. So I know that goes on with boring information but no it's just brought out some interesting yeah no like i said my head's already kind of like my wife's a science teacher so science and i'm like a big wuss when it comes to needles and surgery i've gotten a little better i think with the kids i got a little better just because i'm theoretically supposed to be the stronger one in the room when it happens but uh it doesn't always (laughs) doesn't always work out that way my wife usually if there's if we're both there like it's one of those sessions where we both be there she'll be like why don't you go book the next appointment and i was always like oh that's kind of cool oh wait and I hear the kids screaming. I'm like, she's she's making sure I don't have to see that. I was like, so yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. So so okay. Yeah. So you want to? So you're doing medical stuff. How do you kind of pivot and end up doing? You know, a lot of your work, like I said, is is you know, is Mother Nature. You know, I I love the owls. Yeah. And, you know, kind of the farm animals are really just kind of you know they're. Yeah, you know, goes back to rustic. Yeah, completely. Yeah, so it's like taking the knowledge of of uh, what you can see. So I enjoy drawing realism and hyper-realism and, you know, it, 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 it relates to what I can do now in the local scene, you know, restaurants and breweries and, and just local areas that want me to do murals and stuff. But I, it all pulls back to this knowledge and want and understanding of realism. And it even allows me to bring in my surrealism, you know, the, you'll, you know, the Eli Cannon's kind of style mm-hmm. and that's, there's, there's like a whole following that wants that. But yeah, I went into medical illustration, went to straight into a medical media company, which was huge in the state of Connecticut. I'm not originally from here. Um, moved straight here right after graduation. So, um, did that for many years for small, uh, firms worked, um, all the way up to art director, but it was kind of pulled away less medical illustration and more graphic design, which is great ultimately because you end up learning, you know, how to code websites back in the day and, and logo design and this, that, and the other. Ultimately ended up at Pfizer in New York City, um, both New London and New York City um, as a internal communications uh, community, um, manager doing taking colleagues from Europe and being able to get them to talk to each other and um, all that kind of fun stuff. So that was way off of medical illustration, but still creative. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I've uh, retired from that, retired from corporate life. And even while I was in corporate life, I still did, you know, art shows and summer shows and, 
you know, that kind of photo, sh- you know, photo shoots and children's books. And I still did the fine art side, even though I was doing nine to five. Uh, and, but once I retired from that, I full time, I could sit in a coffee shop and I'd strike up a conversation with like the local honeybee guy, the, um, you know, apiary guy that needed packaging for his honey. And I could go to the brewery and have a beer and someone needs their child's portrait done. Or I sit at Eli Cannon's, which is to me my living room and, you know, have a beer and a meal. And I end up getting a mural gig there. You know, I, there's a, there's a really funny story of how I started even doing stuff for them, but it, it's, it's all evolved into like networking, communication, you know, I don't know. I, I spaz out thinking I'm going to, you know, not know how to talk to someone, but at the same time you learn something from them. They learn something from you and uh, you leave that conversation knowing more about the person, appreciating more about the person, and then maybe even, you know, creating a future gig, which has happened nine times out of 10. So it's really epic. And I appreciate every, every person I've met. Yeah, and people are nosy as shit. So, yeah, and people are nosy as hell too. So if you're sitting there drawing and having a beer, they're like, "Oh, what are you drawing?" Da, 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 right? It's like, "All right, yeah, there you <laughs> oh go." Oh my god, absolutely. I don't know. I've, I've, have I met you there one time? Because it's like, that sounds exactly what happens. I carry a notebook everywhere. No, I'm I've, always guessing. Yeah, my 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 corporate life. I have a couple clients that are up in that Cromwell area, and so we're always. Whenever we could, like, you know, pre this, whenever we could meet, we'd always be like, well, like, maybe we could meet on a Wednesday. We'd be like, well, Eli's is open on Friday for lunch. We go there. So it was always like, you know, justifying the meeting around going to Eli's. So probably not, but I mean, I definitely have uh, house many of a uh, thing of free popcorn there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always have one of oh, the, yeah. the best, uh, you know, beer tablets in Connecticut. So, yeah, yeah. Always interesting there. Always. And yeah, and you were talking before about you know your drawings. You know you've you've been a part of a book. There's a book out, folks. You can check it out on. Uh, uh, it's called The Marsh, where you illustrated all the different yeah you know, the you know the the animals and all the illustrations for that. So they you know support your local. Yeah, looking back and like yeah, absolutely. It's the uh, it's uh, I was super excellent to uh, be in a coffee house. The publisher knew the owner. The owner knows me. Conversation struck up about a painting I had on the wall, which happened to be a one of the blue. My I guess it's turned into this known thing. These blue cows on the barn wood that I build. Everything is old vintage wood that I've stored under my 1958 cottage, and I build them all up. And anyway, this publisher happened to say, "Hey, do you ever do a children's book?" Of course, you know it. it just oh yeah, I do a ton of them. Yeah, I just have a t- I just do a ton of them. Yeah, yeah, sure, great. Yeah, no, I don't do a fucking children's book, but I me, mean, I will. But like, yeah. Yeah, within a within a week, I uh, met with seeing the author and ended up with that book, which was right up my alley. Knowing you know plants, animals, you know, right in your backyard. It's talking about the Connecticut shoreline, and uh, that was just a great gig. And that's led into um, I'm already on my fourth book with them, and that was just a year ago. So oh, um, wow. <laughs> pretty cool. Oh, good. We'll talk. Yeah, I mean, I keep saying I want to do a book, but I mean, it's not a, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, I, the teacher can be the student, right? Or however it goes, however that phrase goes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's awesome. So, what are your mediums? Because what I love, and like I said, folks, go to NEID art, and or you can go to uh, New England Illustration Design.com. You know, you're really kind of, you, you run, run the gamut you kind of, of your arsenal. So, do you have a preferred, you know, medium or style for your art? Or uh, yeah. are, you, are you adaptive uh, yeah, just based on the project? Can... Yeah. Yeah. So um, I like 
just about I like experimenting with mediums. I have uh, a whole array and also um feel like experimenting depending on what the project is really mm-hmm. you know sits well with each project. You know, you don't say, "Okay, well, I'm just I sorry, just step back a little is mm-hmm. I think a lot of people ask, "Hey, what's your medium?" or "What do you do?" and they want you to answer one thing. And I don't work that way. My brain has to have seven things going on. And so uh, to answer your question, my preferred things would probably be, you know, color pencil, watercolor, acrylic paints. Uh, I feel like I can get the most detail, the most interest, the most texture, but I don't have, those aren't my soul. You know, some people feel like, okay, I just do stained glass. I just build, but I will be outside my studio walls in the backyard and I will be building a 3d sculpture or these barnwood things. And then I'll put that aside and let that age a little bit. And then I'll be inside and I have like five or six different stations where I will work on something that's abstract and textural to the super hyper realism food that needs to go to a restaurant next week. And so they'll, that is sort of my only way I can answer what medium I work in or what I prefer. It's kind of how I feel that day. Yeah. I can't force it. That's good. No, I mean, early on, if and you said, which was crazy, you listened to a lot of the episodes early on, I was really proud of myself. I had the question. It was like, what is your aesthetic? And I would get like cringes all the time. I'd be like, Ugh. And I was like, sorry. I was like, I'm not an art person. And I was really proud of that fucking question. And now we're going to stick with it. And I've had like the first like 50 episodes. No, it's a good, no, it's, it's, it's good. It, it, it's, no, it's a terrible, it's a terrible question. I, yeah. No, but you don't want someone to, they, they have the expectation of one answer. Okay. I do realism in color pencil, but that's not really what a lot of artists do. They, they like to evolve or try different things. And then the person doesn't want a TJ Maxx piece. They want to, you know, the artist doesn't want to do a TJ Maxx piece. They want to do a, a an original, their feeling. So they're going to choose a medium that suits it. And people just want cookie cutter sometimes as an answer, not as a yeah. subject matter. I, yeah. I just, I like whatever makes you talk more and I can just sit back, but like, that's the secret of the, yeah. But yeah. Right, well, I have to pause to take a step first. Yeah. But no, it's great. Like I said, folks, uh, NEID art, new England illustrations, design, uh, illustration design.com, excuse me, but you can see, and what, and what I love, and I, if folks who listen, I always say this, I love that you share like your early comps and like your sketches, like kind of see like where, where you got to, like one day you'll just throw up, like your Instagram is really kind of just like a nice, like look inside what you're, what you're doing. And it's not always like a final piece, which is really cool. You'll see this sketch and then like a week later, or a few days later, you'll see that like where you're, where you're going with it. And I really, I really admire that because I think it's a cool way to, to share a, the process, but be kind of just like, you know, it's probably your most vulnerable because it's like, it's not, a, you know, it's just in the moment. You're probably having a drink or whatever. A lot of them read Eli's and just drink it, you know, just doing it. And then boom, you're like, well, let's just share this thing. And so I, I just wanted to say, I think it's really, really cool that you do that. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very nice of you to acknowledge that because it is a fun thing to be able to not be the finite to see, have everyone see the finite thing because it's uh, honestly sometimes final thing isn't important at all it's honestly the process it's uh, art is so emotional you have to put yourself in the artist's mood of like put it in their put yourself in their brain of like 
what did it take for them to get there? There's layers and layers beyond this. If they look at my, my blue cow, cow series, which isn't just cows, it's every animal you can think of, I have four to five different colors that you probably barely see on the sur- surface. And to me, I document it, and sometimes I'll post that, and people will look at it and say, well, I don't understand it, but it it's just it's having you understand things aren't just one layer things. The mm-hmm. globe is where the world's not flat. We're not, you know, there's, there's different textures, there's different elevations and very good. If you, if you, so it's kind of cool. You acknowledge that. Yeah. If you said anything about you being a flat earther or something like that, I'd probably hang up on you. Just let you know, like I, I really, I really <laughs> like your work and I'm glad we're doing this, but that would have been a deal breaker for me. And I'm colorblind, okay. which I tell, which I tell folks all the time, but the blue, I think that's why I really like the blue cows is because like, that blue is a color I know I see right, and so it's like, all right, cool, like that that works for me. So I probably notice all the different variations of the blues in there versus like some of the other colors. Can I let you in on a secret? The secret the world will now know. What? Uh, the blue cow started when I was doing an underpainting. It was supposed to be a black and white cow. Uh-huh. The first cow is actually a Holstein cow I was painting. And I decided to post it, just like you're mentioning, that I post stuff that's not finished. And someone bought it as is. They didn't want me to keep going. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it was for me to show a client. So I had to actually show the client the photo of the piece <laughs> instead of the actual piece and then let them tell me I had to paint it again for them because someone else bought it out. Yeah, it's yeah. a good problem to have. It's like, all right, uh, this, yeah, this project made me two sales. Like, what up? Yeah. Now, yeah, so it started a snowball. Now, how do, with with that, like, just that kind of was. I was thinking my next question is, how do you know when you're done? Like, do you, are you are you kind of just like you have a feeling, or do you know ahead of time, or is it just kind of like you put that paintbrush down or pick mm-hmm. it up and know you're done? I'm good or? about saying it's done. I'm I'm pretty good about. Uh, there are a few pieces that uh, I'm finished. I'm done. I frame it and it goes. Or I'll hold, have pieces for years where I will work on them. Four or five years later, pull back out. Yep, no, I think I want to add to that. And it could be I've done an abstract background and I've just put them in my flat file and not done anything with them. And then I'll feel like I need to add a blue cow on top. Or, you know, just, I'm just saying like I'll, I'll add to a piece that exists. Or sometimes, oh, it didn't sell three years later. This This disappoints people. People hate when I do this, but there'll be a piece that's complete. I have shown it. It doesn't sell. I will put it back in my studio loft and then I find it again and I rework it. <laughs> and then I'll get the question, Hey, do you have that piece? And I was like, Oh yeah, I painted over it and, you know, <laughs> added to it, embellished upon it. And it shocks them. Like, how can you paint on your, how can you, it's almost like they feel like I'm ruining it. And, um, but it's again, art is process. It's, it, I feel like it's finished, but it's finished for that moment. You maybe mm. give me back a piece or I find it five years later in a yard sale. I will uh, rework it and give it a new life. And I think a lot of my work with Eli's is a lot of that. Mm. People will be like, where'd you find this piece? How did you, you know, it's it's collage. It's it's reworking old pieces. It's because it needed, it was going to go in a dumpster or it was in a dumpster that I pulled out and it needed you know, a new life and someone now proudly has it because it's got this total new energy to it. Yeah. Hopefully not evil. Right. <laughs> now the significance of the wood, is that, is the wood, is there any 
special type of wood you're using or is the wood kind of uh, repurposed from barns or how, what's the what's the significance of the this wood? Is my ner- yeah no all right great now you're going to get me all nerded on my wood uh yeah um the panels of wood that i use all have a story so me putting together these backgrounds is not just oh i'm going to home depot and i'm going to get a box of brand new screws i <laughs> i like drool over them if someone wanted me to i would tell them the story of each piece of wood because a lot of it, the place I have, the little studio, is um, a 1950s cottage, and they wouldn't throw anything away. And so I have a lot of beautifully aged old barn wood, you know, anything that the place was built, or, you know, maybe they built a shed a few years. And so it's all dried and aged, and, you know, the grain is tighter than you can get ever from any kind of wood nowadays because that's cut. So it's really nice wood. And, um, so each piece that I put together has a story to it. And my cottage itself has a story. I guess it was rebuilt from um, wood from a New Britain row house. And I only recently found that out. So I think that's even cooler that this wood has stories and histories and old paint marks and writing on them and that fun stuff. So uh, I do use old pallets. Um, I do use um, old screws that say you go to a yard sale and someone's getting rid of a jar of screws because grandpa had it and we don't need it anymore. I'm repurposing everything. I haven't been to a Home Depot or, you know, a big box store in forever because I don't need any of that supply. I have it all sorted out. I have it all organized. And when I need it, I'm pulling out all this stuff and I feel like I have a little bit of history going on. I'm using older tools and it just, it means a lot. That's why there's more to than just the purchasing of the final piece. There's so much more to it. And I kind of get a little over giddy about it more so than a normal human should. So I don't mind the weirdness that it brings, but that's just me. No, I think, yeah, they all, to me, even looking at, I mean, just the different textures and, you know, kind of how you, you know, the designs of the cows, whether there's, you know, they're skinny or tall or fat or, you know, whatever, and like to make it part of the, of the wood. I mean, it was, yeah, like I said, I could tell yeah. there was something there. It wasn't just like, oh, I found yeah. some wood. Like, you know, I think that yeah. it, the, the the kind of halftime middle interview takeaway is that, you know, everything is done with a is a purpose and it's part of the process and it's not, you know, it's it's uh, it's multiple layers, which is, I mean, obviously art is about layers, right? But, you know, you're, you're really thoughtful in, in that. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Oh, a real cool recent story was around uh, Christmas time, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention breweries and all that fun stuff. No, whatever you but, want. You um, can curse. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. So I uh really good friend, uh, Chris, who owns Forest City, wanted to give his brother a gift. And he had, in the past, given me the old crates that his giant fermenters came in. And um, so I had that wood underneath the studio drying and all that fun stuff. And I decided, oh, he wants a couple of paintings give to his brother which is a really cool sentiment and i use his wood that he provided me so that there's some kind of full circle meaning to it so that he's got his brother's got the dog paint portrait done and they're on the fermenter wood and so that's kind of a cool storyline to it i guess it's got the stamps on it you know there's there's texture to it chris you know appreciated that you know he he himself is creative so it was kind of a neat little thing to a little tribute back to it that i knew he would catch yeah see i I love that yeah that stuff is i think it's it's a subtle like kind of like yeah where it's i don't know art you look at it and you see one thing and then you look at it closer and depending on what angle like you see every 
you, know, you see different takeaways and people have different perceptions, right? And so some folks see the different textures and that's like a first look at and, you know, they dive in to see the colors. And, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's really – that's really thoughtful, especially as a personal gift, you know. Good yeah, on you. Good on I you. think a lot of people get that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's – it's, I like being able to add that touch and it. hopefully it means a lot more than um, just something you could just pick up in the store or even just using a canvas, you know, it, there's a lot more to it. So. Nice use of canvas you can there. Splinter from it, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we are back. You're listening to episode 153, featuring Tina McCurdy, right here in the state of Connecticut. N e i d art. On Instagram, neillustrationdesign.com. Follow along with her story. Follow along with her process. And just follow along and support your local artists. Support good people. And it's just a you know, real pleasure to, to share this episode with you. It comes at a time. You know, we need that positivity. And, you know, Tina's work is great. You know, I'm personally a big fan of the of the Blue Cow series. I think that's been really great to see. I love, you know, the use of you know the wood as her canvas. You know, her passion, and as we talk about, you know, I love on her feed and as what she shows. You know, kind of the the work in progress, where things go, how they evolve, and kind of you kind of see them before they're they're finished. Even when it's, you know, pencil and, you know, sketches, you know, with, uh, you know, a beer or two here and there, you know, mixed in. It seems like she's at Eli's a lot, which we're about to get into how that, you know, kind of came to be. But I just think it's uh, it's a lot of fun. What, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, perspective on, you know, on life and nature and, you know, the elements and how she kind of uh, really captures it. And again, the use of, you know, restored wood uh, as the as the canvas, you know, and, and part of her, her process and muse is really, it's just really cool to see. And it's really, uh, it's really fitting uh, in, in many ways, you know, the, the, the texture and the tactile nature of it all. So again, Tina McCurdy, episode 153, 16-ounce canvas, N-E-I-D, art, on Instagram, neillustrationdesign.com. How are we doing, everybody? I think uh, we're just rocking and rolling. Again, if you're an artist or you know somebody, please tag us in their work, tag us in your work, get in touch, aj at 16ozcanvas.com. We say we, it's really just me, as the great song goes, me, myself, and I, but the royal we is, is fun, and so, but if you reach out, you'll get me directly, you know, we'll connect, and uh, let us know how we can help, you know, what we can do to support, you know, we're, uh, again, we're using our platform for, you know, continually to support, and I think that we've shown that over the last three plus years, but we always love the the suggestions that we get. We've got some great interviews coming up, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Going around the world, you know, we're going to Copenhagen uh, to speak with, uh, you know, Corey Smith. You know, we got some more artists here in Connecticut. We're we're going to Sweden, and we're just uh, we're just having a great time. It's one of the 
the joys of my life is to be able to connect with all these wonderful people. And while we can't have uh, beers, you know, in, in person for, you know, various reasons, you know, lockdown or COVID or just, you know, I don't have a private jet, um, but it's just, uh, you look at the map and, you know, it helps to, to realize and, you know, kind of take the pulse of, you know, different places of all these great, great artists and designers. And it's really cool because as we said it before and, you know, we do repeat some of the stuff, but just the idea that each of them, we could give, you know, all 150 plus the same brief and we'd have a different label. We'd have a different piece of art. We'd have, you know, even the different way of creating it, different paints, different pens, different charcoals, different chalks, and it would be lovely. It is lovely. Maybe we'll do that. You know, we've done the 16 ounce deal or die and uh, it's been really, you know, cool opportunity for folks to create together and um yeah so i think we should just do it we should get right back into it episode 153 tina mccurdy 16 ounce canvas support your local artists support your local brewery whole brewing phantom brewing i'm aj she's tina and here we go now before you teased your yeah your story with yeah eli's how did you uh come because You've done murals there. You've done kind of like some menu stuff. Yeah, You've done I've a done bunch a lot. Of, yeah. yeah, I yeah. At one point, I think you're a mug club uh, member. I'd if say I, I was a resident yeah. artist. Say it again. <laughs> you're a mug club member, I assume, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh yes, yeah. Even that's a funny story. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like uh, the north end of Middletown is sort of my living room. I I touch on a on a lot of the businesses there, and I can say thankfully through the original owner of uh, Eli's. I know it's now since sold, but um, he really, the, that Eli Cannons that I knew of um, really kind of got me into, I, guess I was still working for Pfizer, so I was still commuting, but that would be like my reprieve. I'd be driving home uh, from the New Haven Union Station and I'd be like, oh my God, I just need some nachos just to make it the next 20 minutes to East Adam. I gotta be able to you know, so I uh, would stop in there and sketch and meet up with a couple of people and all that fun stuff. But um, uh, the, the little story of how I got started there. Um, so I'm not from here originally because I was always working and I wasn't in the state that much. I didn't know my community. I wasn't, you know, I didn't even know my neighbors in my town. It was just I commuted back and forth and I owned a structure in this place and it was tough. So when I started going to Eli Cannons, I started meeting people. Hey, how you doing? What do you do? Oh, they're community too, all that fun stuff. Well, I always drew. And when I was drawing pictures, that place is was very eclectic. You know, there was it was always changing. There was things hanging on the wall. It was layered. <laughs> and um, I guess if it were a private home, it would be considered a hoarder's place. You know, it was very, and I said that to Phil, so he shouldn't freak out too much. Um, but a um, bit of a fire hazard. So um, I would draw pictures and I would tuck them behind all the layers of firemen's helmets and the paintings on the wall and the old photos he would hang. Well, I thought it was funny. And the people I hung out with thought it was funny. And the staff knew my friends. I didn't really know too many people. Um, and I guess at one point they were told, hey, tell Tina to stop drawing. We've been told by Phil, whoever's doing it, to, to knock it off. <laughs> and I would, 
so I was bringing coloring books in and I would morph the, the actual outline. I love, I love coloring books because you could draw on it and then you could make your own actual face, you know, make them all creepy and stuff like that. So they're not childlike. And, uh, I would tuck them places and I wouldn't stop. So one day sitting at the bar, I got a tap on the shoulder and this big, scary, bald looking dude with a mustache taps me on the shoulder and says, so hey, you won't fucking stop messing with my place. And I'm like, shitting myself like ah oh, i don't break rules you know that that was like my biggest rule breaker i'm like ah oh, um yeah all right fine you won't fucking stop doing it i'm giving you a job i'm hiring you i'm like oh so he gives me my first gig which is a mural outside and uh so out front i did my first mural mural it doesn't exist anymore because they've since built a building where the mural was and that started it so i think that's around 2011 and uh that started the character that became the skeleton art that I do there. And it flourished to it. Now it's become this like art collectors thing. Anytime I do one of those things, I can't, you know, people are clamoring for them. And even now that the new owners don't want that style, there's still people reaching out to me. Hey, can you do that? Or do you still have any of this? And so it's its own little icon and I love it. And it was only just Eli's. I wouldn't put it anywhere else. It's found a new home now in East Adam in a little coffee shop. That's just as funky, but the it's, I wouldn't, I didn't want it to be one of those things where I do it everywhere. I wanted it to its home to be right there at Eli's. And that's where it, it, it just went on and on to do, gosh, I mean, I think I did, 20 murals in that place, big, small, you know, and I shouldn't even just say murals. Like I did, you know, icons. I've since done their t-shirts. I do their pig roast t-shirts. I've done, um, drawn the front of the building for icons and on the, that kind of stuff. But, um, it's a little different now, um, with life, everything evolves and, um, it's all happy go lucky, but yeah, it's a good place to go get a beer, meet people. I sketch and draw all the time and, meet the coolest and the strangest and the funniest people there. So it's can't complain about that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the new owners, everyone, they're nice. And it's like, but to your point of like having like a hoarder's vibe in a good way, then like I went there post and then it was like kind of not so much of a mess. I was like, what the fuck is like, what's going on with that? Like, Oh, it's like, <laughs> it's like someone cleaned up and it was like, kind of like, where's my favorite shirt. Right. And we're like, Oh, <laughs> but it is what it yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, it's a good problem. It's a good problem to ha- good problem to have. I'm glad it's still. I'm glad it's still open, right? And so it's kind of just a new chapter. But I think oh, it's yeah. cool. I think yeah. I think new chapter exactly. Yeah, I think that I think the skeletons are cool, and they, they should you know you should they should be able. To, I don't know. You should do stickers or something, shirts or maybe a glass or something with them. Yeah, they're, they're fun. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, and they 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 now have a new home and the the new hood or you know east town's a little quieter than middletown's vibe but um the people definitely still appreciate it and i love old skate decks and you know finding old photos and giving them some life and uh that kind of fun stuff so it's it's still there but uh the the old barn wood and the nature and the you know all that kind of fun stuff is is really my my go-to my easy go-to yeah i know where is um where where you said it's in the coffee shop? Let's just let's just get let's yeah. Just it's called Higher Ground Higher Grounds Higher Grounds Coffee Shop, um, an art gallery, and it's um, thirty two Main Street, right near the Goodspeed Opera House. Cool. So that's kind of my uh, that's my new breakfast hangout. You know, go there. I've met a whole bunch of really cool. They do a really good music scene there. So um, that's wow. a nice Live vibe music. there. High so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good stuff there. 
Uh, I've done a bunch of stuff for Nora Cupcakes doing all hyper-realism. So you'll go in there and you'll see, like, all these, like, cake slices and cupcake. That's an awesome feast of a place to go. So, and then uh, Forest City is the other place, and I actually serve beers there um, outside of this pandemic thing. But uh, Mm -hmm. I have a really good crowd, hang my art there, do really well with, you know, every week having to refill the walls. And there's a few other artists that also hang there, so... Good vibe there. It's a great North End. That's awesome. Now, like I said, yeah. we're, we're big uh, beer folks. We love the crew over there. So, how did you uh, how did you connect with uh, with Holes? How'd that come to kind of be? <laughs> Through Eli Cannons, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. It's so, just, it's like yeah, six degrees of Eli's. Yeah, I know. It's all that's yeah, like the heart. Uh, so, Eli does a uh, a benefit every August where. Uh, I think 90 to 100 uh, brewers get to set up tables and uh, people buy tickets for the fundraiser and we get to try little tasters of beer. And uh, this year was a little different, a little um, on my end. Like it was great. They had huge tent. It was great. It's always set up really well, very organized. Got to God bless all the staff there. They're amazing. Um, I went uh, solo this year to, kind of network you know you know you go and you kind of get obliterated by the end of the thing because you're trying <laughs> nine thousand beers that are 12 percent and uh this year, you know at the end of the night i'll buy that t-shirt i don't need it but i want it you know but i ended up walking around networking a bunch and um left there with actually two or three good network connections not like knowing that night but i got contacted afterwards so i guess i did pretty well um so anyway i met chuck who owns Halls, and we had a really good conversation, and I respected his um, kind of how he was starting out and uh, trying his beers really good. The goody-goody he had there on night and the lager, his original lager, which is based off the original owner's um, uh, recipe. So we were just, you know, shooting the shit back and forth, and he had some cool graphics, and he had said, I don't know how I... I probably mentioned that I do the artwork at Eli's. That was probably what the... <laughs> my segue I uh he mentioned he wanted to go illustrative on some of them because he had done all a bunch of graphic design on uh some of the beers um the hill is an awesome one I keep buying I love that it's an IPA um so he reached out to me and I still won't forget it happened really recently uh December 21st he reached out to me I'm in the middle of something he's heading like to a family thing in 10th Pennsylvania and he's in the car and it's like phone's cutting out and we're half conversating and then he's texting me stuff and from there on we pulled out this black, this first uh, illustrative uh, label form and um, I, I just want to let you know that that you know that was great the beer ended up being awesome the it was a great contact and I was thrilled to death and uh, since then um, I'm working on two more for him so that's awesome it's definitely a good deal that's worked out with just meeting him at a, a beer fest. So yeah, um, Chuck's I'm like, and yeah, yeah. Chuck's a good dude. Good. Uh, actually, this week's episode is uh, Justin from Erector, and we've had um, Chris who does some stuff with Hoax. Uh, we've had uh, Mighty Few who does some of the stuff for Johnny and Armada, and so yeah, we've been. We're big oh f- yeah, yeah, we're, right. we're, bi- yeah, we're big fans of them over there, and uh, recently went through the Tiki Bar and did a little drive through over there, so. Uh, <laughs> that's great yeah so it's good yeah and then and, and, um we wow it seems like just yesterday but i think it was two years ago we in new haven we uh rented out the kettle the dell gallery and 
we had like an art show with our with our some of our guests and i remember you know uh austin uh from hoax and uh justin from rector mm-hmm. like yep. i they, we had like a, they brought their we had like a jockey box and I, I had no idea what i was doing i, I mean I, I tapped kegs in college <laughs> but i had no fucking idea what i was doing and we had we had like we sold it out we had almost like 175 people come like it was packed and during the day, like, they stopped by just to say what's up. I think they were bringing, you know, they brought over a couple logs, like they donated for the party. And like, I was a deer in headlights and they like helped me out. And then like, then like a week or two later with like keys on kite, we did like a, a fundraiser, like kind of like pop up. It was like wow. early, early days and it was like us and like all of the, you know, they, you know, like a dollar from every beer went to our charity. And it was like, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm Beerix loyal all day. So they're, yeah, they're, they're squad. So yeah, I was, I was psyched just mm-hmm. to, just to mm-hmm. find a way to connect. Like, you know, that's, I follow a lot of people and so I always have a, a wish list anyway. So you were on there, but it was just kind of awesome that you're working with holes. So kind of brought, brought, oh all, my to, God. brought all together. So a great network that's really really cool though i love hearing that that's so funny. how is the how is the process other than you know random christmas phone calls on, like with shitty cell service like in december <laughs> i love how stuff like that but, all right so the process of how i work yeah with, like how uh, you how always, do you chuck like how yeah. did you guys come out with like at the beers what woodland it's like a hoppy red ale right and so how did you guys kind of come up with that it has like a thing like an irish lore vibe to it and uh yeah. Yeah. Chuck wants to be a writer because he's really good at describing what he wants to see. So working with someone, when someone talks to me, I put a, my brain starts putting a picture. So if you tell me a story about your children and your wife teaching and the, I'm putting images in my head. And if you say, now draw that, I can put that in on so paper. I be, um, so you draw me as a cow? Is that what you did? You're saying you draw me as one of your cows? Yeah, I could. Yeah. So I <laughs> AJ's a cow if you want. But I, even your name, like just saying your name, I could like, it may not be a picture of you, but I put a mm-hmm. visual to words and someone telling me a story and that kind of stuff. So with, with Chuck, he's very eloquent in what he's visualizing. And a lot of times clients will just be like, I want this. And I have to draw it. They see it. They decide, no, that's not what they want. And they go from there. So Chuck's kind of the opposite. Chuck is great at describing what he'd like to see. And it just puts a picture in my head. And so what the process for the last, well, my process in general is I'm always drawing on paper. It's uh, just a ballpoint pen, uh, bullet pencil is my go-to graphic pencil I use. And that guy is out of, um, um, it's called Metal Shop. Um, company out of uh, here in Connecticut. He, he mills his own um, aluminum and wood shafts for the wow. pencils, which is really cool. That's right up your alley, that, though, right? That's right up your alley with all oh, that. Oh, just, I like live and sleep with a pencil next to my bed. I wake up and I sketch. So I'm always drawing. I've probably, you know, thousands of notepads all over the place or wherever, tucked into every crevice. And, um, I'll sketch and I'll draw. And then so something like Chuck saying, okay, I want this, this, and this. I will sketch it out on paper. Give give the client, let's say, Chuck, one or two images. Um, he'll say yay, nay, or pull this from A and put it into B. And then I do a final line art on the actual medium because I offer usually the client the, to buy the original. So uh, the client, say Chuck, is going to purchase the actual label design he also has the opportunity to purchase the original piece of art and that I'll mat and frame for the client. So um, after he approves the final line art, I'll color it in because it's all done in graphite, graphite, just black and white. And that's what I color it as the final piece. And they still, the client, 
being chucked, let's say, has the opportunity to be like, okay, I need you to edit it again. Because most mediums I can work in, I can either edit the piece itself or if need be, if it gets drastic enough, I'll redo it. And then there's also Photoshop. So once the clients have proved it, I then put the label, uh, the illustration into the label file, and I can do all the graphic design and even prep it for print and work with a printer if need be and that kind of stuff. I don't have to do that with Chuck, but in the my processing, I can do everything from, okay, I've got it to size, prep it, you know, and I'll send it to Chuck um, so he can send it to his printer and that kind of fun stuff. So um, that's kind of how it works. I do stuff on the computer, all the um, Adobe Creative Suite um, stuff, but if I'm coming up with an idea, it's very few... Um, strokes that I have to do on a um, computer. I will say I have an old uh, phone that has a stylus and I get to, I have a, there's a sketch pad on that. So I do on occasion, if I'm sitting in a pub where I don't for some reason have my notepad on me, I have sketches that I put on there. But because it's an old phone, it doesn't have much bandwidth for like cold storage. So I have to like take it off there soon thereafter. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of obsolete. But um, it is purposeful. So I don't have, like, an interest in doing stylus and iPad and all that fun stuff. I really like pen to paper, pencil to paper, photography, messing with it that way. So Yeah, you're very tactical. Now, what is the what is the timeline? So you guys have your, your, your phone call. What is the, you know, how, mm, how did that work? Was, well, the, was, the chick, was it a chicken <laughs> the egg? Was the beer already made? Was it already, like, okay, I need this? Like, what was the, what was the behind the scenes so, with that? So I can... I'd say, well, our our latest, which I'm actually, one just got approved literally uh, maybe an hour before. I can't get too big into what it was, but uh, the beer label completely, like I did the watercolor this weekend, the final part this weekend, and I got the label to him and he just sent me the barcode. So I um, got that to him to send a legal today. And then the other one is kind of coinciding with that I should get to him this week so my the process of him giving me the idea to get done I'd say within two weeks and that I mean I could probably tighten it up from that but I don't like to force it because I do other I have multiple clients and I don't want to over promise something um, I will push other people like okay he needs this first I'll push someone else off but I don't like to if I tell someone I want to get them something I don't want to um you know, I I don't know. I also don't force my creativity. If I'm not in a, if I can't do it that day, I'm gonna go for a walk or ride my bike 20 miles, and then I'll rethink it. Because <laughs> it's I either need or maybe I'll go, like I just got topsoil delivered yesterday. I need to you know move three yards today to make myself feel better. You know, I sometimes need to just not be in the studio. I need to be physical so I can clear my brain, kind of a thing. So. um but anyway, my little tangent. It's you know, say two weeks for turnaround. Okay, and now, are the ones that you're doing for holes are they that same like nature kind of you know lore vibe? You know, because obviously you've done stuff for other breweries, and you were yep. saying before about yep. the skeletons. You wanted to put the cows in there. There's, there's, let's just say that the cows made it into the label. So <laughs> they made. I did not intend the cows were not going to be. This is not. Tina said, I'm going to do cows. It was a client showed me a terrible Pinterest photo and said, we're redoing our house and I want to do barnwood. Can you do this? And I looked at the, what they showed me and I went, Oh, I said, yes. And that is horrendous. Let me show you what I can do. And I don't like to just show someone one thing. I want to show them a variety so they can say, 
I, I never paint something and say, you have to buy exactly what I'm giving you. I usually try to do a couple of things and say, let me know if either of these work or if you need to combine something. So I don't over give stuff because that can confuse people. But it's like the, the original cows was, here, let me show you my style so that you're not just hiring me to do something and you don't know how I work. So um, that's what started that, that those cows have really touched people in the community. They love them. I mean, I have a few in my house, too. I'm not saying I don't. <laughs> it's just a wild thing. I never thought. Yep. Yeah. Cows. People, I mean, yeah. I, just I grew think, up around them. Yeah, yeah. I think that. <laughs> My grandmother would always say, like, when, you're, when can't cow, like, to tell the weather if the cows are down, it was going to rain. And we were always, yeah, yeah, and so, like, yeah. so cows to me always <laughs> made me think, rest in peace, Grams. Like, I don't think of you as a cow, but like, I just always think, like, okay, like, when I we drive by these big farms and they'd be sitting, sitting down, I'd be like, oh, it's going to rain, which I don't really understand if that has any factual uh, significance at all. But <laughs> no, but I've heard it too. Right? Yeah, I've it's like it a too. bunch. Of, it's a bunch of nonsense. But I mean, you're, it's your grandmother, and she'll tell you what. And you're just like, she's my grandmother, and she's the queen. So whatever she says goes. Why not? Oh yeah, the best. Absolutely. They could have been lying to you your whole life. That grandmas are the best. <laughs> oh my! I, I as a parent, I'm now more well aware than ever that I've been lied to probably by parents my whole entire life, <laughs> and that's okay. Like it, you're just really just trying to get through the day. Just pass the stories on. The, the, I've been, all right, here's a quote I've grown up with. Um, I don't, probably a grandma told me it. Just never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Just, just go with it. Just. <laughs> yeah. The Irish know how to tell good stories. Exactly. Right. Go yeah. I've been, I've been to pubs in Ireland. I've been there. You're just like, you're, and you probably don't remember what you said yesterday. You probably, they tell the same story six times over and has a different. <laughs> Different where it goes, but you know that's that's the beauty of it. Yeah, our, our my people. Irish, my summer in Ireland it just got canceled. I'm so I was going to hike and plein air art all around the country, all around the east side of the country, and I'm not, I can't do that now. No one wants you in their home, <laughs> and and I don't think I can get there. I don't even think Aer Lingus is flying there. So uh, we've yeah we've done. I'm I have a cool. I, I've been to Ireland twice in like massively different periods. Of, like I was like nine or ten, and then when I was like in my twenties. We were there. The last time was when I think it, it wasn't the two. It wasn't nineteen hundred to two thousand, but it was when the euro became like a thing. And so we were there like oh, the, after yeah, Christmas yeah. into the new year. And so the few, the first three four days we were there, it was the you know the pound. And then literally the next day, you wake no. up and this entirely brand new currency was just like taking over the country. It was like it was a surreal kind of Whoa. thing. Yeah. Yeah. My mom goes back at least a couple times oh, a year, yeah. so she's she's definitely Jones to get back there. But like she's yeah. got she's I've got been, some uh, friends. A couple and... dozen times. Yeah. A couple dozen. That's amazing. You might know my yeah. mom. Yeah. You might you might have my great. mom. First, yeah. It's it's. I mean, I've been for totally different things. You know, hiked around with uh, my friend who I grew up with here in the states, but she's from there. Back two days after high school graduation, we spent the summer there. I remember calling my parents on a payphone, like in the. Uh, Dingle Peninsula, um, out in the middle of like sheep, saying we've run out of uh, what were they called American American Express Traveler's checks, and saying we ran out of them. And I don't know how, but they were able to get us more money, and we stayed for a few more weeks. Like I think I returned like two days before I was supposed to go to college. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, we we flew in, and a colleague of mine who I'm still friends with, um, he like he was here in the states and he lived in Ireland. Well, he's from Ireland, but he was he was living in Connecticut now, and we were friends. And he was going home, and our trips like he was going back for like a month or two to be with, like he was from proper. But 
I was going back and I was like, I'm going to be back, but we're not going to be in Dublin for like, a, for, we were going to miss each other by like a day or two. So my folks were like, well, when you get in, when you arrive, you can like, we'll, you, if you can hang out with them, like if they'll put you up for the night, like just, I, so I took a bus like cross country, like to meet them. Yeah. It was awesome. And like my family just met me in Dublin, like the, like a day That's and a half fantastic. later. I love that. Absolutely. That's the best. You can do that there. Oh yeah. It was, a, it was I remember a, getting off a train, having no place to stay and a little boy on a bike sauce with bags and said do you need a place to stay and my mom's got a room and so we literally just stayed in some woman's house (laughs) because i think there was like a concert going on so there's like no place to stay but so someone just you know we just stayed in someone's house they made us breakfast (laughs) yeah i don't don't miss the breakfast but i don't the people are yeah but i mean i definitely uh i think your irish uh accent there should have been a little better though for your story though for being been there a couple dozen times i know i know that was broke yeah yeah you no, know, I just have to put the lilt in there. Yeah, it's all good. Do you mean? Yeah, forget yeah, it. Right. Don't make me do it again. So, most recently in the beer uh, beer world, you did the the big mural yeah. at, at Phantom. How did how did that come? Out? Like, what was the process there? Because what I really like Fantastic. is it's black and white. Oh, and I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm in love with that. That was so fun, and that's like hopefully the first stage of a few more murals there. So, um, John from uh, Phantom. Met him, of course, in the brewery, brewery world. Um, met him, you know, of course, Eli's, but uh, also Fat Orange Brew Cat Company. Um, that uh, was, is, all right, so John and I met there uh, probably when they were looking for people like help out serving beers because they're a tasting room at Fat Orange Cat. And um, so John branched off onto his own. I think he met Bo, and uh, Bo had the wine place set up in Hartford, right? Yeah. And uh, we reconnected. I think he just posted online, hey, we're looking for someone to be creative. And I soon, I mean, he had just posted it. And because I had his personal contact, I said, forget this Facebook message thing. I just like contacted, uh-huh. called him directly. I'm like, hey, John. And he went, that's what I need. He goes, everyone's been really great, but I'm getting swamped with like 5,000 people. He says, I'd rather work with someone I know. And that's what happens. It's You network. You know these people. Yeah. They I think I saw that. Back pocket, yeah, I think I saw that right post. Time, took, yeah. <laughs> you might, yeah, you may have seen that post, and yeah, I, I just think, reached out to him directly, and yeah, I think he's like in one of the, my beer groups. Like we have a, there's a group that it's like uh, this guy Sean who hosts people at his house, and like it's all like these great folks in Connecticut that are like you know up and coming hmm. brewers and just kind of people who have want to share their good beer. Like it's just like a good, yeah, I'm pretty sure that yeah, John's either in that group or it's like one okay, one cool. degree of separation, but. uh but yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I love black and white. I've always been drawn to that, and I love the kind of, you know, the the barn kind of, and then with the city, oh, kind of like the beauty. Yeah. And that's kind of like that mural in a lot of ways represents what is Connecticut. It's kind of it's kind of like the dichotomy of it. You know, you have these rural folks, and then you have the city folks, and it's just kind of like but everyone kind of coexists here. And then you have the, you know, the ridiculously rich, and then the people struggling to get by. It's like this whole weird. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, yeah. It's like a weird you read place. that mural very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the you got the you got the city folk. You've got the city itself. You got the establishment of the city. But the state of Connecticut is the farms, the growers, the you know, just an old. You know, it's just the history of it all too. And so he wanted the dilapidated barn, and but he wanted to pay homage to the, the city because he knows that's his audience. He's in Hartford, just south of Hartford, and he wants that he wants people from Hartford and North and West and East like to really 
you know, venture out there. And I think he's been doing well because he's since been doing the um, pickup and, you know, grab and goes and he's been selling out. So I'm very thrilled for him, but he really does. He's like a, he's like a family guy. He wants to host. He really wants you to come in there and hang out. He wants you to chat with him. He and Bo are just like so clamoring to get people back in there. So I did, I finished that up before the shit show started like this it was sort of the hey you know we're finally ready to go i mean this was something i was we were trying to get done late fall and uh you know whatever the build outs and this that and the other um didn't work out and the timing was hey you know we'd love you to crank it out this week so we picked a certain week and it was just as all this oh we might threaten to close down and this that and the other and um or close down the state you know not not them because they hadn't even opened yet but there was the concern of this weird disease no one knew of coming around. And so that was really frightening and unfortunate. And luckily in a brewery that's not even open yet, no one's in there and um, working solo like I typically do anyway. So I was just cranking it out and jamming out on my tunes and this, that, and the other. And then a few weeks later, here we are, you know, no one's supposed to even be touching anyone. So just wild. Yeah, I do. I'm happy there. Like those breweries like them who don't have the infrastructure and don't are up and running where they have to like kind of like ripcord and then try to make how they're going to work. Like the curbside has been a way for them to kind of plant the seeds yeah, and still. Like an st- yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice. I hope it works on their benefit. Yeah, I, I feel like it will because I feel like there's those folks who are like kind of on the middle tier who are going to, you know, no opinions, but are just going to, I think they're going to, there's going to be some folks who are going to fall because. The margins in beer aren't that great, so the fact that some of these folks are, you know, able to just kind of do these soft yeah, opens and a lot of overhead, yeah, yeah. yeah there's probably way beer more people trying to, it is. right? I mean, he's selling out a couple. You know, I've seen the ones, you know, the different stuff has already sold out a bunch, and so that's really just encouraging. I think sometimes folks. I'm part get of a, a beer club. And there I, you are. It's weird. Just, yeah, we're just. And I mean, I want to say it's a beer. It's a bunch of friends who met at one of the breweries, and now we just on Sundays pick a different place to go explore and it's so sad not being able to get together we do these virtual we haven't even done like a zoom thing it's just more of like send me a text of what you're drinking I don't care if it's noontime or if it's midnight but we just need that connection and that's the thing with beer and breweries and you're mentioning how you're worried these places might close because breweries have become like the place you're it's the living room of like I mentioned earlier you need that camaraderie. You you need that outlet to be able to just like hang out and, you know, lawyers talk to nerdy artists like me. And, you know, there's, there's, it doesn't matter who you are, or what your background is. It's just that the beer totally brings all these people together. And that's what we're missing. I know that you could take this same conversation and put that to a lot of different subjects mm-hmm. and areas like the restaurants and, you know, play groups and all that stuff. It's so true. I mean, breweries are, are really like a, a, a place of a hub for people and we're clamoring for it if if going to a brewery is ever like a play group which i i, I then, I'm, I, then i'm just gonna i'm gonna just go take a long nap that'd be awful uh but no it reminds me <laughs> i um, know i just beer and play group <laughs> yeah yeah which is fine you, uh, the whole like kids and breweries thing which is like another mess but we connected on ireland i always found what i loved i mean and it was the pub and the idea when and not to get opinionated, but when people complain about kids and breweries, if you go to a pub in Ireland, it's literally the dog, the kids, the family, and it's not like oh, oh my oh my god, 
the Karens are here no, with their kid. No it's like they're they're excited you're there. We'll sing songs till you know, sing song to the last call, and then and then some. When your hotel has its own private pub, which is only available to the people in the hotel, and it's closed to the public. Like okay, so you do know, yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna start telling you stories, but I'm like, no, you already know. That's what they do. Yeah, that was the best. Sundays, we all went out. The front of the pub is closed, yeah, so you we go did, through the kitchen. Yeah, we did it up in Dublin, and the ground floor of, the, of our hotel when I was, stayed there was our own pub, and it was open for another two or three hours just to the people in the hotel. So, like, mm-hmm. when you joke and, you know, I, you know, stumbling home, like, you literally had to go a few steps to your to your room, and then, you know, but it was, everyone in the hotel was there, so it was another other common camaraderie. But, yeah, I think that's one of the beauties of it is, you know, but I just think that, just like any business, we're just there's a super saturation point. So I, I don't. It's nothing malicious. I just think that you know, because of the again, like I said before, the margins. I think some of these places, you know, and I, I would love yeah. to be, I would love to be proven wrong, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yep. So let's see. Since um, now digital, that's not really you prefer almost like the only time you're really using digital, right? It's just to, if it's being used for a product, right? I mean, is that a safe assumption? Otherwise, you're pretty, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, someone like, yeah, yeah. I would just, I would say, yeah, I want to do fine art. Let's say over doing graphic design, kind of. Um, ultimately, I might probably just put my foot in my mouth and say no. a bunch of clients where that they they solely have me doing graphic design. But um, yeah, ultimately, that is what I'll work. My my uh, assignments will be uh, illustrative, and then uh, they whether they're painting or drawings, and uh, then I embellish them with what they need for information wise, whether it's a beer label, a mural or a um, you know, some collateral, whether it's like an event thing or t shirt design, that kind of stuff. So cool. Now for the murals, do you do a projector or do you just do a couple of like smaller scale things and then go go big? <laughs> what do you projector? <laughs> Sorry. No, people do. People grid it those up. I just draw it and it just somehow happens. Like it just you yeah. need it to be, I don't know. I can't explain it. I literally go in a trance and yeah, I stand I, back from my pieces and I feel like I'm a third person in the, in the scenario. I go, Whoa, you know, I'm not trying to say, like, Oh wow, this is what I can do because I, 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 I just said that, but mm-hmm. I don't know. This is, I'm babbling now, but what it is is I, when I'm in the moment doing it, it is, a total separation. You could be talking to me. I probably wouldn't even hear you. And I zone out and I get it done. And then I step back, say from that like Phantom's giant mural, and I'll look at it and be like, holy crap, how do you draw a straight line when it's like six feet high? You know, yeah. that stuff blows my mind. So, um, so what was happens, the, what was the process for it. that? So how many, so was there just a, 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 like a rough sketch and then you kind of went at it or did you? Yeah. With, yeah. With, yeah. I, I, I luckily, um, with that, there, um, I sketched it out. So I was working off an eight by 10 printed off, uh, my friends, I don't even have a printer. So I just took an eight by 10 of what I had sketched, um, and presented to, um, John. Um, so I sketched it, scanned it the way he wanted it. And then I, uh, per- put it on a, um, photoshopped it with like transparency onto the photo I had taken up their wall during my first interview with them, like saying, Hey, I could do this. Um, so I wanted to take that sort of as my grid. Okay, I knew the barn only should be, you know, X amount of feet out. The trees should be this tall because you want to get perspective to the front and the back and all that fun stuff. And then I just worked on it. So I, was, I um, it's a cinder block wall. So there's a little bit of a gridding there. So that's kind of cheating. Um, so that helped. 
being so large. Um, but I just chalked it out and then I just paint black lines on top of it. So the went back afterwards and went washed any chalk that was exposed. So it took a week's worth of time going in there doing it. Um, once I got it done, I usually crank right through it. I mean, if it were color, it would obviously take longer, but he really, he likes, he likes like heavy duty, you know, he, he almost wanted to make it dark and he's like, no, if it's a family place, you really can't go that far. So he likes, um, darker kind of images. So, um, we kind of pulled it back by just keeping some of the line art light. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Let's see. I think this is our last question here. So, um, and then I mean, you mentioned earlier, like you like to rock out with your music and what have you. Do you have what kind of what kind of tunes you listening to? What's kind of uh, cranking the studio? What kind of artists or, or bands are you into? Um, funky stuff where probably no one listens to. Um, my go-to band, which whom I was going to go see in Ireland, which I'm not going to go see anymore because they're canceled. Um, the Crowded House from New Zealand was going to tour around so i love crowded house that's probably my like if you were going to say what band would you like back when you were a kid um laura marling she's actually from ireland she's just released a new album she's pretty cool um a little chris stapleton to make me uh feel sappy and sad um probably like indie you know folksy americana music i listen to um like country i probably love the 80s rock the most of all genres 70s 80s um i don't know that kind of stuff i'm pretty open i the only music (laughs) i had a friend take me to uh thursday down at college street in new haven one time and i was like i'm open i live music to me is the best thing ever Mm -hmm. i'm so healed at this this uh, pandemic because I had a music festival I was going into up in called the uh, Winter Strings I think was it's called up in April I was supposed to go see like all the all the live music I've had all the tickets returned because I can't I mean, oh, yeah, live had, anyway yeah. I got invited yeah we had yeah. a bunch what were you supposed to go to uh, let's see I had fish three three nights of fish in Atlantic City I had Derek uh, Trucks Tedeschi and uh, Oh, in New Haven, nice. I had uh, yep. Goose and Pigeon plays ping pong, which is a weird band I've never seen before. But they were playing at the Capitol mm-hmm. Theater. I was going to try to see mm-hmm. Pearl Jam. At the, I mean, I didn't have tickets, but I was going to try to see them at the Garden. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's kind of our the Avid Brothers. We probably try to go see them at least once or twice in the Another, summer. Yeah, Mountain Jam. Nothing. Yeah, I could do yeah. this all day. Yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking. I know. Do you like? Uh, have you listened to so Jason Isbell? I know my, have you listened to Jason my, Isbell. What? No. You said Wait, you what like was the question again? Jason, Jason Isbell, you said you like kind of country, singer-songwriter Americana. You should check I out. I don't know if I, no. Yeah, yeah. I'll check it out because I'm not familiar with that name. They have a brand new album coming out, like, I think today. But, like, there's an album called Nashville Sound, mm. Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. It's really great. And then uh, Margot Price is another good one. And then the High Women. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The High Women. Yeah. And then we love the Ava Brothers, too, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally up my alley. So, right. uh, love awesome. that kind of tunes. Any, I always have to have music on. There's, Perfect. Um, otherwise, I'm repeating the same line in my head while I'm painting something. <laughs> awesome. So. And then, lastly, given what's going on, you know, we're always mm-hmm. obviously we're trying to support as much as we can with artists and designers and creativity. But is there any is there any 
anything that folks, you know, listening, you know, prints or anything available, you know, any, you know, just kind of any last minute shameless plugs here that you have anything that's up, you know, or commissions, like how does somebody reach out to you? Oh, I would love people to reach out to me. I mean, that's my survival. Like literally the one thing I am missing of all this is my uh, sales on site because I have a whole menagerie of places where I have things hanging now in empty buildings, you know, all the breweries and the, so um, any illustration and design.com, there's a link to my square site, which has current work. I mean, things I hate to say. And it says menagerie. Fast enough. I was like, she used menagerie. Then I, went, I click on it while I'm talking to you. And I was like, it says animal <laughs> menagerie. I was like, ah, oh, all right. Yeah. Things go quickly off of there. So I try, it's, like in anything i'd rather paint and draw my studio so it's great to hang stuff in the breweries and let them sell when i have now i have to put stuff online and they sell it's it's annoying to spend the half a day getting stuff prepped for online like i it's the cobbler's son has no shoes kind of a thing i can do all this stuff for my clients but i when it comes time for me to update my site and all that it's annoying but anyway I, that, to selflessly plug go to that and um almost daily i'll try to post to any id art on instagram to um just keep people posted on what i've been creating and working on and this that and the other um commissions all the time and you can dm the um instagram you can facebook message me you can text or call um text probably i hate calls um yeah. email Oh, All that stuff. Um, I will take commissions um, left, right, here and there. Big, small, tiny. I do a two-inch canvas series all the time with little detailed things. I do, as you see, the big mural. It's, what, 50 feet long at Phantom. I just did the Yankee Cider mural. So I'll, I, I love talking with people. I love finding out more stuff about people. I like babbling, obviously, so you can edit half this out, you know. No, uh, we don't, that's, you'll, you'll look. I mean, you said you listen. I don't, I, I edit minimal. Yeah, we're, we're oh, good. Oh, this is frightening. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I mean, people give me way more credit than that. They think all this back end stuff goes on, and they come on here, and they go, oh, he really edited anything out of that. Yeah, yeah. So. It's good. No, it's great. You're, you're very easy to chat with. I was absolutely terrified. I have four and a half pages of notes sitting in front of me. I haven't looked at them once. One, see, I, I told really you. See what I wrote. I told you. I yeah. know. It's the, yeah, I don't know. I know. People, people like the voice. It's soothing. So I'm glad. I'm glad to. I'm glad to help. You're... But uh, yeah, it's Tina. I hope, I hope we can meet in person. Um, I, I look forward absolutely. to it. Post this and you know having a beer somewhere and just kind of you know thanking you. Yeah, it's always. You know, we always say we love to have beers in 3Ds, and you know now more than ever, and we've been pretty blessed to get to meet a, a fair chunk of folks from you know when we get to you know, I would so. be honored. That would yeah. be great because you've done a lot for all of us and this is just wonderful to, to I mean it's international. I love listening to where everyone's been and what point they started. I mean you're pulling out memories that I'm sure a lot of us have not thought about in a long time. So it's a really cool um you know, it, it's bringing out the rawness of, of artists and showing that, you know, we do put some value into the community and I think that's that's a massive yeah it's a massive understatement we you know we really believe in one of our we're ideas people and we you know we we love to we would love at some point to have a nonprofit and help put up art around you know communities that could use it but you know it's kind of but um but yeah art makes the world a better place people like you do that you know you're passionate you know you found your 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 calling and you just you're doing some great stuff and like I said I hope we can meet in person and 
well yeah now more than ever but thank you so much tina i look forward to it you know and this will go live in a few weeks but i uh, just you know thanks so much for for being part of the project it really means a lot cheers aj i appreciate this so much i appreciate you thanks tina talk to you soon bye bye And there we have it, folks. Episode 153 is in the books. Tina McCurdy, N-E-I-D art on Instagram, N-E-illustrationdesign.com. Reach out, support your local artist, connect with her, let her bring to life or memorialize something wonderful in your life or just you know buy one of her prints, buy one of her you know, pieces. I love that She's pretty much, I would say, 95-plus percent, you know, a digital person. You know, there's a the few times, you know, that it's needed. I mean, not digital, excuse me, analog person. Um, and she's just true to her roots. You know, I, 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 I hate to hear that, you know, given the current climate, that she's, you know, missing on opportunities to travel and, and see music and what have you. But it's really interesting, and it's really a great story. You know, I just I just love to be able to, to share people's stories with you and I hope that you each week or if you're binge watching, listening, however you whatever whatever the process is that uh, that you ingest uh, the 16 ounce canvas that, you know, it allows you to look at things in, in perspective, look at your journey, your process, your path, you know, the good times, the bad times, you know, I always like to say that the, you know, the, the bad times are what to make, or what makes the good times good, and, you know, we all can use this time to, you know, reach out and support each other, you know, on, on many facets, and I think that that's what we try to do here each week is to, to give these artists, you know, the opportunity to step out from, you know, behind the, the canvas or, you know, the the screen, you know, to get a, to to get in front and, and be the and be and be heard and tell their story. And so I just think that um, we're really lucky that you taking the time to to join us. We're really humbled by that. We appreciate it. Fun fact, you know, these uh, segments, and we've said it a few times before, the segments, you know, beginning, middle, and end, are are unscripted. So. We really try to, to keep things real. We really just try to keep things honest. You know, we're obviously, I think that you can say we're, we're very passionate about this. We, you know, we just, we just try to make the world a better place and do our part. You know, it's, this is just, you know, this is just a drop in the bucket, but you know, we're, we're enlightening, you know, we're shedding light on, on people, you know, working hard, you know, and Again, we are here, we are together, we are a community, we have a lot of work to do, we will do it together, we will listen, please reach out, let's connect, let's find, you know, a positive, let's find something to, you know, to build upon, if there's, if you're doing something, if you're an activist, or if you're somebody who's part of a charity and we can help in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out. You know, if we can really, you know, be engaged, you know, we had a few events that were planned for the year. I don't think that that's going to happen. You know, we usually try to do that and raise money for, for different charities. 
And so let's, yeah, let's, uh, let's find a way to, to, to work together. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's easier said than done, but you're not alone. We're here. Look at the wonderful art of, you know, of Tina. Hopefully it'll inspire you. You know, hopefully it'll, you know, bring you some joy. Hopefully this episode has done that for you. You know, it, it is, uh, it's not only about what you take away from it, but, you know, it's self-serving and therapeutic for me too. I've been, you know, in my head thinking, what am I going to say? How am I going to, you know, address what's going on outside? And I don't know how I did, but I know that I appreciate you for listening and giving me this opportunity to share how I feel and share the the stories I've had, you know, I've I've heard and what I've had to talk to my children about and the conversations I've, I've been having with my, you know, my, my black friends and, you know, people of color and communities that are, you know, uh, underrepresented and are, are impacted more uh, time and time again by uh, senseless violence and, you know, uh, systematic violence. Uh, failings and problems and I don't have the answers I, I don't but I'm listening I'm thinking and I'm having uncomfortable conversations and I'm, I'm being you know as real as I can be so again we thank you for that we, we thank you for for being a part of this you know and uh, we look forward to you know what the what the future brings and you know our part in that and we'll you know we'll come to that together so please again remember be a good human our our fundraiser glasses you know NAACP legal defense fund supporting uh, restaurants uh, high roller standard gastro pub and Navarre res in Maine it's only 20 bucks one six oz canvas.com backslash store all the proceeds go to those people those uh, that organization and we will continue to use our platform together with this great community to truly make the world a better place. And so we thank you again. We thank Tina for being a guest here. She has got a great energy. She has a really positive soul and she is a, I think her story will, will inspire you. She went to school, you know, she was doing something different and she, you know, kind of ripped and said, Hey, I want to, you know, do my own thing, be my own artist boss. And, uh, She's killing it. So, you know, again, support your local artists, support your local breweries, be a better human, be a good human. We love you all. And until next week, we just thank you very much. Bye, my friends.